Fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. I'm Trevor. I'm Jake. We're like Carlisle and Barnum. Oh my gosh. Uh, is that a circus? Yes! <laughs> did I just nail that? You did. I'm so proud of you. That is, without a doubt, my favorite movie right now. Is it? Oh yeah, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, I... I played in the car i played the soundtrack in the car i love that's it. right you have a dvd player in your car now because big trev moved on up to a minivan homeboy's got a minivan it does not have a dvd player. Oh. Well, well. We, did, we did not we did not jump up to that man but. i thought you i thought every minivan from the start of time had a dvd player in it you know what's crazy is it doesn't have a dvd player but it tricked my wife it's just every spot where there should be a screen in the back. It's just another like sunglasses holder. Oh, that's depressing. So, if you want to know where our sunglasses are, you're gonna have to really look around. <laughs> you're gonna have to try to watch a DVD. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's spacious, and uh, I rocked the minivan pretty well. Uh, I got heated. Uh, Heated steering wheel, heated seats. Yeah, man. Pretty much, you can just heat yourself. Yeah, dude. That's luxury at its finest, my friend. Mm-hmm. And you got all the leg room in the world. So. And you resemble a minivan dad. Oh, gosh, yeah. You really do. If I, oh, if I could pick one of my friends to have a minivan, it would have been you 20 years ago. But, <laughs> true or false, you wore George's. <laughs> One time as a joke. <laughs> no, I think if either of us are going to wear jorts, it's you. Uh, I am, oh, gosh, I am. Get off my porch, guy. Yeah. Come on, come on, kid. You got a to go. Come on. Look, look at it. Don't make me get down in that position of being jorts. I'm not doing it. Hey, my knees don't bend like that anymore. And <laughs> like, if I'm wearing a pair of jorts, they're frayed at the bottom, okay? And they're and they're they're riding up too high to like where people are like worried about things popping out. It's called friction. <laughs> uh, okay, are you ready, Van Morrison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're here to talk about the uh, the recruiting class that Chris Peterson and company just put together. I'm really excited about it. Um, Jake, how do you feel about it overall? I, I love it, man. I uh, I think that this is a phenomenal class that Chris Peterson put together from top to bottom. I uh, I did a little bit of my own research, and on uh, scouts.com, team rankings, UW is the nation's sixth best team when it comes to average recruit ranking at a 90.70. They are behind Bama, Georgia, Penn State, Texas, and Ohio State. That means... On average, they're only behind the elite of the elite schools. Oregon came into 10th, and they're ranked ahead of us in recruiting because they have so many recruits, which gives them points, which is good for them. But me, as a fan, I would take quality over quantity. And that's what I think this class is built of, is quality players that we have hand-selected and went out and got. You know, I can't, I can't disagree with you, man. This, this class is one of the best that I've seen come through. There is some stars in this group. It's deep, and it really hits some positions of need that Washington really needed to, uh, um, to address with some of the key departures. Yeah. Um, so looking at, looking at this, um, I think, especially with the addition of Pukunakua, I can't think of a position that got worse because of this uh, recruiting class. Uh, yeah. The only, I think the only question that we have going into this season that we didn't really hit hard is running back. Losing 
losing Miles. I mean, we can go over all this later, but I think only getting one running back is we have Ahmed, but we only got in one more three-star running back, which Gaskins was only a three-star running back too. Can they hit lightning in a bottle again with, with Cam Davis? Man, uh, Cam Davis, I think he's going to play. Um, I really liked Cam. I thought he was, what is he? Let's see here. Cameron Davis, six foot, 190 pounds, uh, and he hits hard. Yeah. Um, I think that he's, he's actually a candidate to play pretty quickly right off the bat. He's built, he's built in stature a lot like Gaskins, isn't he? He's not. He's, uh, he's bigger. He's not. He's not the. He's not the light him up quickness guy. But he's. He's a solid running back that will always fall forward. So Miles Gaskin is only what five ten. This guy's a couple inches taller, and coming into uh, into college, he's probably got. Well, I can. I guess I can look it up real quick. But anyhow, you know, running back is one of those positions where I wouldn't consider them deep by any means. But they do have a lot of guys in there. So Miles Gaskin, coming into high school, was uh, coming into college was five nine one eighty five. So um, this guy's a, maybe a little more slim. Yeah. But uh, he's three inches taller, five pounds heavier. Uh, and then when Saha gets the hands on him, he's gonna. I think he's gonna blow up a little For bit. For sure. Get them legs stout. Oh my gosh, that was. It just, the, I don't know. Uh, Miles Gaskin is so different from the other running backs that are even in the program right now with just the elite vision that I don't know if we're ever going to see again. Yeah, it's it's so funny because when when you think of a lot of great all-time running backs in college, you think of the quick, elusive running backs like the Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Yeah, exactly, you know. And Miles Gaskin absolutely broke that mold as far as I'm just going to be fundamentally hit the gap that I'm supposed to hit. Don't get don't get too flashy. Run with my head down and get the chunk plays that I need to get. And every once in a while, he broke one off because he had that elusive speed as well. He just didn't, you know, he he didn't he didn't flash his way around anybody. He just hit the hole that he was supposed to hit, and it was. It was awesome to watch, but like you said, I, I just don't know if we're going to have another runner like that. Ahmed has the ability to be a flashy, quick running back. Can he just put it all together? And I, I'm interested to see if Cam Davis can do the same thing. Yeah. So what was your favorite position group overall? My favorite position group overall, man, a lot of people like that DN class that they brought, or not DN, but D-line class that they brought in. I am particularly fond of the the middle, well, not just the middle linebackers, but the linebacker, the linebacker core, but in particular, the middle linebackers that they brought in. Joshua Calvert, Calvert is, a, is a dude. The dude plays hard. He plays football the right way, and he is a natural-born leader. He could come in and be better than Ben Burr as a... I'm not going to say as a freshman because Ben Bird did everything the right way, but he could come in by his sophomore year with how much he could learn because he's a he's a he's a student of the game. He played he played quarterback in high school, so he's a student of the game, and he's he's very football smart. So he could learn. And in college, all he's got to do is focus on playing linebacker. He doesn't have to think about quarterback. So if he just puts his his mind on playing linebacker in college, he could be amazing. And then the other one is Daniel the Hammer Haimuli. This dude has all the talent in the world. He he went out and won defensive MVP for the Poly Bowl. The dude lays the lumber on people. The dude hits hard. It's those two middle linebackers in two years are going to hold down the. We have the middle linebackers for the next four seasons on lockdown because those two dudes are going to be awesome middle linebackers. They're going to be better than uh, Bieria and Victor but when it's all said and done. I I agree with you. Uh, Josh Calvert, 
he's a really interesting guy. His brother uh, is plays at UCLA. Um, he was originally either committed or considering UCLA and, or USC uh, and ended up having to move to UCLA. And so with Calvert, they went to a place where he was going to be able to get into the program. The coaches weren't going to jerk him around. Uh, and he so he ended up committing a while ago. And uh, he's been, uh, I agree, he could be a, a very big-time standout inside linebacker. Uh, the other one, of course, Daniel Haimuli. Um, he was a huge get. There was a little bit more controversy around Haimuli's if you weren't paying a little bit of attention uh, because he ended up, he wanted to sign a long time ago, but uh, he, they, his family wanted him to take some visits. So he came to Washington and uh, then he went to Alabama, uh, but he was, he was all Washington pretty much since October. And then when they got him in, I mean, that just made this class. What, what a great little gift to get at the end of the year. Oh, Hi, yeah. And then Puka Nakua. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and everything that... And Ace Attorney. Exactly. Everything that I've heard from the, the football people is that Daniel Haimuli is the best inside linebacker on the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason that I think that Calvert's going to make a bigger impact sooner is because he's already enrolled and he's in school learning the playbook and he's doing exactly what he needs to do to get early playing time. As Haimuli is, he waited until the second signing day and he gets to enroll in the in the springtime, right? He, uh, he he won't enroll until fall. Fall. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that could be part of it. Um, I don't, I'm going to put this out there because uh, I don't care. But I think it was him that uh, because of the fires down in California, he was going to come on an official visit a while ago, but his state tournament game ended up being on that day so he had to end up waiting um and that's that could be part of you know why he's not here yeah so with those two in general i'm glad you brought those two up um so but who... the the starters of course last year were ben burkirvin and uh brandon wellington dj beavers uh if he can stay healthy really good player yeah, and then of course Tevis Bartlett. Um, so there's there's openings on that spot, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if one, if not, or both of them end up playing um, next year. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if one or both did play this year. I think uh, I, I think like I said, I think Calvert has a better chance because of the early enrollment and getting to know the playbook. Mm-hmm. But I think they're both talented enough right now to come in and make an immediate impact. Middle linebacker is yeah. tough for this team, though, because they put so much on the middle linebackers as far as tackles. I mean, you saw that with Denver Kirvin last year. You, 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 yeah. you want your defensive lineman to take up all the blocks so that the middle linebacker roams free to make the tackles. And that's true freshman. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure on a kid. Yeah, and so, like, of course, Joe Tryon's in that mix, but he's more of kind of that rush guy. Yeah. Um, they they only they really play two linebackers. The other two guys are, are glorified. You, you, you can all call them a buck, or you can call them a defensive end. Because on their depth chart, they still have it listed as Benning Potoy, uh, Ben Burkhurvin, Brandon Wellington, and Tevis Bartlett. Yeah. But we know in reality that they only play two. And last year... It was Bartlett and it was Ben Burkhurvin. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to see Potawai in the backfield more than anything. Keep it either in the backfield or keeping the edge on the outside. That's exactly what he is. I mean, he he's a, he's a defensive end. Yeah. Let's be – we they can keep labeling it as we play a 3-4, but really we play like a – it's like a 4-1-2. Yeah. So, I think those guys in the middle, DJ Beavers, when he's healthy, I think he just had surgery, though. If he's healthy, he'll be there. Um, uh, and then, um, you know, Brandon Wellington will probably get first crack at that. But then it drops off. You have Kyler Manu, who um, I think uh, talent overall, 
both a Calvert and Heimuli are better players. Yeah. So you could see one of them even get into the rotation uh, right away. Because really, that was supposed to be that kid who ended up going to Alabama. He was supposed to be there. Yeah. Uh, I'm spacing on his name right now because don't need to know his name. So, makes me so mad. You don't need to know his name. <laughs> That's right. What about what about your favorite position, dude? I'm I'm gonna take the easy way out. You're gonna take the lineman, aren't you? Dude, this D line class is ridiculous. In particular, the D tackles of this class are stupid, stupid skilled. It's crazy. Yeah. I, Jake Bandit, Fatuatele, Noah Nagalu. Yeah, man. Those guys are big boys, all over 6'2", all right around 300 pounds already. And they haven't even gotten into that weightlifting system that uh, Saha is so good at um, developing these guys' bodies into just power-packed individuals. Yeah. Then you put Leia 2, Law 2, and Braylon Trice in there as well. You got yourself that that's that's an SEC front line. I'm a little I'm which is good because that's the one thing that this team has been lacking. I mean just as of last year, we had Greg Gaines and dude was a beast. But outside of him there was no depth behind him. Oh whoa 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 You're forgetting one. Jalen Johnson. He's probably uh, Jalen Johnson was good, but Levi Onwuzurike. Ooh, Levi Onwuzurike. He's the D end. Does he play more of the end? Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a he's a big body guy, man. He's a big body guy, but there's no depth behind our starters, and now you lose one with Greg Gaines, and you're gaining five. And and really, Jacob Bandis probably should be a five star guy. He's rated at. Yeah, he's a, right on the edge. Yeah, he's rated at a ninety-six. I mean, he, he's as close as it gets to a five-star guy. Um, right. Have you seen the video of Mickey Ayu squatting? No. Dude's pushing up some like ridiculous weight. <laughs> like his huh. his squats as a as a freshman are incredible. The dude is going to be a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he uh it's funny, you know, he's only rated as a three star guy, but he was he was highly sought after and really celebrated when they got him into the program. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, he is the one Hawaiian that went to a public school and public schools in Hawaii don't usually produce big time high school football players. So I think huh. that I think that might have hurt him a little bit. In, in his well, and it's so interesting some of these yeah and it's so interesting some of these things I mean Chris Peterson's talked about it that guys that aren't anybody's radar all of a sudden Washington recruits them and then everybody's after them it happened a couple of times this year yeah you know we we yeah. offer a couple of guys and then all of a sudden they got five six seven d1 offers coming in because we've seen something in them that nobody else <clears throat> nobody else saw and then all of a sudden you know hey Washington's looking at them why haven't we yeah, you know. Yeah. So I just, yep. I, I totally get why you're pumped about that D line. Man, I really am. They too. they brought in a crazy amount of talent. Yeah. To Atele, he's gonna be a beast too. He's actually on uh, two four seven. He's rated a little bit higher than Bandis. Who? Which one? Uh, uh Fatui Tuatele. Fatuatele. Yeah, Fatu with LA. Oh yeah, they have him at ninety six point oh nine. Yeah, yeah, he was a and, and six six two three hundred and four pounds, man. Yeah, he and, has and big bodies. Bandis is three fifteen. Big big boy. Yeah, man. I mean I I like you said, man. That's an SEC D line, and when these guys get right, you're not going to see our D linemen get pushed around anymore. Oh no no no! These this, these guys are gonna the, hold the, the line of scrimmage. This class, oh yeah, this it, class wins the line of scrimmage, which is just going to be so good for uh, the following years. Um, stacking classes is really really what you want to do. And they got for a couple of years in a row, they only got one D lineman per class. Yeah, and it's really showing on the field where. I think there's some guys that 
shouldn't be on the field if you're actually a uh, you know one one of those top teams looking at a playoff. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, getting him along with uh, the guy Tui Latua Sonoga. Such a hard guys name. Guys like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I destroyed that name. But it's okay. Like he played a little bit last year and he looked pretty good. Yeah. Which, putting those people together is going to be huge. It's going to be so much fun too to watch um, these guys take up a bunch of blocks because they're power up the middle. And then watching, um, you said his name earlier, that outside linebacker that's a that's going to be a rush. Joe Tryon. Yeah, Joe Tryon. Watching him have one-on-one matchups and oh, yeah. wreak havoc in the backfield. Dude, that, that guy is built like a like a like a rushing D end. Like he yeah. just looks like he could eat a quarterback. So yeah. watching him get single teamed and the and the D tackles push the pocket into the quarterback's lap is it's gonna be amazing. And you're not wrong, man. He the thing about well let's see, let me get to him. Bryon kind of has he looks like one of those he has the body of a pass rusher right? for sure yeah absolutely so let's see. long 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 arms you know stout legs he just looks like he can he can wreak havoc in the backfield where is he here he is six five two thirty when he was uh brought in. into the program and he's yeah. gotten bigger that's yeah that's like the, the one I always remember because it was such a really awful time to be a Husky fan. We were at the game at Husky Stadium when they played Oregon. And who's that uh, DN that he ended up getting taken like third overall from Oregon and now he's on the Seahawks? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, something, Dion Jordan? Dion Jordan. I remember being at that game and he, uh, he laid out a receiver. Yeah. And he stood over him, and he looked like he was playing. A, he looked like a giant. Yeah, man, get off like, me! What those you... are the guys we need. <laughs> man, get off me! What'd you say? Nothing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. And Joe, you know, Joe Tryon is, is probably a little bit shorter than Deion Jordan. Yeah. But he's six five, two thirty. Yeah. Those are guys that get drafted. Yep. Now, and and. I'm going to say we, he just needs to put it all together, but he's going oh, to. He he's going to. He's going to get it all put together because that's what this coaching staff does. They take recruits and they make them better. And they turn them into complete football players. They've done. Have you seen those stats? Which ones? Uh, there's, there's a couple of different graphics floating around on the interwebs right now <coughs> about – um, the 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 percentage of draftable players from high school and the schools that they go to actually turning them into draft picks. Yeah. And Washington is far and above yeah. the best in the Pac-12. Um, and uh, against some of the national powers, so like Texas, SC, they're they're developing at such a higher rate than any of these schools. If you want to play in the NFL and you have the raw ability, you got to be coming to Washington. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I did see one that they showed a graphic on how many three-star guys have been drafted. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And Washington's like 40 above anybody else. Uh-huh. I mean, they just de- yeah. they develop talent. And, it, and they're not just – that's such a uh, deceiving – stat too because people are saying well you know they only developed the three star because that's what they're showing on that graphic they don't just develop the three star they develop everybody that they get everybody has the chance to develop evenly so if you come in more talented than the next guy and you develop the way that you should in this program you're going to be better and now that oh, we're yeah. and now that well, we're getting better as, classes yeah now that we're getting I was just going to say that now that we're getting better classes, his first year he got four four stars. Isn't that crazy? This year he got fourteen or fifteen with Puka. Mm-hmm. Fifteen four star guys. Now he's taken us to a college football playoff with 
a recruited class of four four stars, what is he going to do with 15 of those guys? Right. And that's the thing. We, we've seen him take decent talent and make it great, right? Mm-hmm. He, he took a three-star undersized running back and turned him into one of the best running backs in Washington history. Yeah. He, uh, look at some of the, look at um, Taylor Rapp. He's going to be a first round pick. He was a, he was a three-star guy. Yeah. Look at the, the. Ben, uh, ben Burkirvin. Ben Burkirvin. Ben Burkirvin. He was not going to be on an NFL roster. He's going to be on one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the guy that got drafted fifth overall uh, last year, um, Vita Bam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do with these guys? What do you think he's going to do with Fatu Atele? What do you think he's going to do with um, Jacob Bandis? Those guys are going to be uh, day one picks. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. You could, you could say, you could probably get day one picks out of every position group that we just recruited. You know, you could, you could, you could possibly say that with Dylan Morris by the time he's done. You could say that with Bandis. You could say that with either Calvert or um, uh, High Mooley. Yeah, uh, either one of those guys could be day one picks the way that they play. You got a couple of offensive tackles that are NFL size already. You got, you know, you got a guy that's 6'8", 330 pounds coming into college. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. You know, right. you, got a, you got another offensive lineman that's 6'5", 340. I right. mean, dudes, dudes are coming in huge. And once they get into our weightlifting system and get the skill set that they need, these guys all have the potential to be, like you said, first day guys. I'm not just, you know, first round, but I mean, you could even second day guys is impressive, you know? Oh, yeah. Yep. Getting paid to play football means you made it. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, yeah, man, just looking at these offensive tackles and how big they are. Dude, they're all human. They're huge, oh, dude. They're yeah. huge. Yeah. They're coming into school yeah. huge. We just didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get that a couple of years ago. Oh, not even close. No, I can't. In the in our generation of watching football, this is, I think, by far the best class I've ever had. Yeah. So we'll get to that later. Uh, who's your favorite recruit? Man, I I know I'm beating. I can't. Can I say beating a dead horse? I think so. Okay. Um, I heard Peter doesn't want you to say that anymore. Oh yeah, I did hear that too. <laughs> they said you you wanted to feed a fed horse. Oh yeah, because it's already full. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think that's very good on the glue factory though. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna hit the middle linebackers, man. Uh Calvert and, and High Mooley, I think probably are my fit. I'm gonna say Calvert. Just because I knew you were. everything I've read about this guy is that he is such a, a student of the game and he's a phenomenal leader and he de- and he plays football with such passion and energy that it's hard not to like that guy. You know? It, Here. I will give you I'll give you an out. Okay. Are you ready? Go ahead. Did you have MySpace? <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. So, do you remember what was on your MySpace page? You had like the top eight or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You your put, top, like, your yeah, your top eight friends. Yeah. So instead of doing your MySpace.com top eight, I want you to do your fourth and inches space.com top four. Ugh. Man, that's kind of putting me on the spot. Do you want me to go first and then you can think? I do want you to go first and then I can think. Okay. All right. So this guy has to make the list because he's probably going to be the most, uh, if he will be the most impactful. So I'm going to go with Timothy Horn <laughs> as, in my top four. You picked the kicker? He got it. Make field goals, baby. Sure. Instant playing time. Dude, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. So he's in my yeah. top four. Okay. Is he your number uh, one? 
No. Okay, this is in no particular order. No particular order. Okay, good. Jacob Bandis. Okay. Trent McDuffie. Okay. Ooh, that's a good pick. We haven't said his name yet. That's a big get. Yeah, it's a huge get. Yep. Oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have put a kicker on here. There's a couple more I really like. <laughs> um, I'm going to go, because I think you're going to pick the other one. I'm going to go with Asa Turner. Okay. Um, so my reasoning is for Timothy Horn, obviously our kicking game has been very much lacking since Cameron Van Winkle. Sure. Um, Jacob Bandis, because I think he's the best of that defensive line class. And uh, just watching him throw people around makes me happy um, because I think he's going to do it immediately at the next level. Okay. Trent McDuffie, just because he's a super duper talented uh, corner and he's coming to Washington. Played, so... played wide receiver in yeah. high school too, didn't he? Uh, sure. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. He's playing cornerback for Washington. Therefore, he's going to be a, um, <clears throat> a top three round pick. Sure. Because of just how his, it's what we do. The, the closest comparison I, I think would be uh, Byron Murphy with the talent that he's bringing in. I think he's rated a little bit lower. Yeah, but he's on that tier of prospect, and you see what Jimmy Lake does with guys with that much talent. Yeah, and then Asa Turner. Um, Asa Turner is going to be. He's going to be better than JoJo McIntosh. He's going to hit like him, wow. um, and he's going to cover better. I think a lot of people – I've heard a few people say he kind of compares to, like, a, a fast version of, like, a Cam Chancellor because he's big. Yeah, yeah. I mean – Hits 35 as well. His whole thing throughout his whole recruiting class – or his whole recruiting cycle was whether he wanted to play linebacker or safety. You know, that's, that's, I think, that's how big he is. Yep, and that was the choice that he had to make. It sounded like if he was coming to Washington, he was going to be a safety. Yep. Uh, and if he was going to be a linebacker, he was going to go to Notre Dame. And I guess uh, from what I heard that he played safety in the Poly Bowl one uh, and was a Played great, out. played great, yep. Yeah, and then in the other one, he was an outside linebacker and was kind of a, just a guy. Yeah, and he said he felt so much more natural at safety that he than he did at outside linebacker. So it's really hard to pick four because I want them all. Okay, um, I want literally nobody in this class I don't like. You said before that you picked somebody because you thought I'd pick the other one. Keep that other one in mind just in case I don't pick them. Okay, I'm pretty sure you will. But go ahead. Okay, I know you pretty well. So <clears throat> my. My first two I'm going to pick are my middle linebackers because I already said that. I like both of them yep. a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm That's all- one of the ones I knew you were going to put in, so I didn't. Okay. So the other one, I'm going to take the other D tackle that's rated really high and take Fatu Atele. Yes. Is that the one? It's not, but he's again. I mean, are they want? I mean, is it who do you like better, Greg Gaines or Vita Vea? I love them both. Yeah, I mean, it's you like Greg Gaines better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, just because I think that Tuatelli has the chance to be just as good as Bandis does. Um, yeah. so I think it's it's a fair shake to throw him in. If you're not going to, yep. I'm going to. I'm a little torn. I want to pick. I want to pick Mickey Ayu, but I'm going to pick Puka Nakua. I knew it. <laughs> yes. Uh, this kid thoroughly impressed me during the Poly Bowl. Uh, I oh, man. I don't know if you watched the Poly Bowl, and for anybody I that did, him. anybody that did watch the Poly Bowl. Saw him make an absolutely outstanding catch in the corner of the end zone. That was an NFL type catch where he had to tap, not drag, but tap his two toes in and make a full extension catch. And it was incredible. The dude broke every record in the state of Utah for receiving for a career, for a year. 
He led the nation in receiving yards. He led the nation in receiving touchdowns. The dude can flat out play. He has such good body control. It, I, I think he's going to be. He's he he could he's in the running for making an instant impact on this team. So one name that I heard that I absolutely love was his leaping ability is like that of a freshman and sophomore pre-broken foot Casey Williams. Yeah. And anybody who watched Casey Williams before he got hurt knows that that guy was a first round pick. Absolutely. Just on, based on his athleticism. Absolutely. And this guy's tape is unbelievable with the way that he jumps and the way that he's able to win balls that he has to, you know, maneuver around a a defender. This guy is big time. He has such a good attitude for the game. He has fun. He loves playing football. You're not going to see this kid not ever. The, so I'm going to compare him to Oregon's number one uh, overall um, recruit. And that's the nation's number one recruit. And I don't know his name because I don't care about him. But they interviewed him, and he they asked him if he wanted, if he thought it was a good idea to extend the college football playoff. And his answer was no because they already play too many games. That's a guy that doesn't want to play football. He's just talented, and he's going to play because he knows that's where the money's at. It's a business to him. When you watch him versus a guy like Puka Nakua, when you see Puka playing, you can see the love that he has for the game of football. The dude wants to be on the field. He he when he when he scores a touchdown, he runs to his teammates and celebrates with them. I thought maybe he got a little too over rambunctious with the celebrations during the Poly Bowl. He ripped his helmet off a couple of times which they're going to reel that in. You know, Coach Peterson's not going to let him throw his helmet around and and get crazy. But you can see the passion in this kid, and that's what I want at UW. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, man. He, he would have been one of my least favorite guys <laughs> at the age of 18 if he wouldn't have picked Washington. You know, we... I, I told you like three times that I was done and I was going to go to bed <laughs> yeah. and I lied and I stayed up and I watched it and I was really excited when he chose Washington. So for anybody that knows us, we, uh, me and Trev talk a lot outside of the podcast, like pretty much what, three, four times a week. Probably. Um, we were texting each other back and forth, uh, during that whole commitment that they had me and Trevor both live streaming it on our phones and texting each other Puka was like an hour late (laughs) (laughs) he barely made it and I was I was getting frustrated and then Trev was getting frustrated and Trev like he said he said man if this kid doesn't pick Washington I'm gonna hate him forever because just not picking a team on national signing day and then being an hour late to his own commitment you know, I guess the one positive to watching that was it gave me a bigger appreciation for Utah State's head basketball coach, Craig Smith, because they, <laughs> <laughs> they ran like a half an hour segment on him while, while Puka was supposed to be committing. So I know a lot about Utah State basketball now. Okay, here's a question. Yeah. Do you know more about Utah State basketball? Or Washington. No, you're watching. Washington I'm watching basketball. basketball. Yeah, man. How about the NBA? Uh, I know literally zero about the NBA. So you got you got more stock in Utah State hoops now, huh? I mean, I can tell you a head basketball coach's name of Utah State. I could. Did you name five <laughs> NBA head coaches? Uh, is Vinny Del Negro still coaching? <laughs> <laughs> no, then probably not. Pat Riley? No, nobody. No, I don't. No, no. I. You know, you know the Spurs guy. He's he's been around for a million. Old old Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like him, but that's about it. Yeah, man. I just don't know anything about the NBA. I don't care. 
Okay. You know? Well, that's good. Yeah, so Puka Nakua ended up picking Washington. Um, it was a weird, you know, his mom wanted like a million people on stage. And the guy was like, well, if we don't do it now, we're not going to get it in. <laughs> you know what? The, I'm like, pick Washington, pick Washington. <laughs> you know what the best part about that was? Is that I turned to my wife and said, hey, he picked Washington over Oregon. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, who? Yeah. Uh the best part about that is, is two years in a row, we've had two wide receivers break Utah's heart on Utah television. Because <laughs> Ty Jones the did the same thing. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> He's like, if any wide receiver wants to commit on my show, you can just leave. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he was so pissed. He's like, so you picked them over Utah and BYU. Huh? Okay, have a good night, Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah, you're an hour plus late. Yep. Yeah. Um, you you make me you make me do extra work, and then it's finally time for you to pick. I got my Ute gear on underneath my sport coat, and you go do me dirty like that <laughs> in front of all my twelve fans. Listen, it goes Ty Jones, Judas, and you. <laughs> Oh man, he—you could just tell he was just over it, man. Puka came. What an what an athletic freak, though, man! Holy cow! Puka came in wearing a purple and gold tie, and I was like, "Got him, game." Got well, him. you you were gonna bet me a jersey that it was Utah, and I was too afraid to, <laughs> to, do it. to pull the trigger. Yep. Oh, Trev. Oops. I thought about that later. I was like, "Man, am I glad that he didn't say yes." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Who, uh, what player do you think has the most approved? Um, I think the player with the most approved is going to be yeah. Asa, Asa Turner. I think oh, uh, so. I do, man. <clears throat> I think he's got some big shoes to fill in that safety spot. Um, and he's the only safety that we got. Oh, no, he's not. I'm tripping. Who's the what other, other safety did we get? Um, uh, Cam Will, Cam Williams. Oh yeah, he's good. Yeah, he is good. But I think uh, super I think, underrated. Yeah, I think with how much hype there was um, behind Asa Turner's recruiting, and when he didn't sign that first day, the I, everybody put their attention on him. I, all of UW's recruiting fan base, all the media, everybody put their attention on Asa Turner. The it was the Asa Watch 2019. Where where is he going? Has anybody heard from Asa Turner? Not today. Not today. You know. And then the day before National Signing Day, you saw UW bring in the big guns and send like 47 people there to reel them in. And he ended up picking us. And I just think that there's so much pressure on him to be good that I think he's got a lot to prove. Well, I guess if you're going to go that route, then Pukunakua that has a ton on him as well. Um, he was going to be my, he was my other pick. Another one that I'm thinking of is a Dylan Morris um, signed as a sophomore. There's an unbelievable amount of talent in the, quarterback room right now and there's whispers that he wasn't even the best quarterback in Washington that Kale Millen was actually a better player but since Washington doesn't rescind offers once they've been accepted they had to stick with him so I think that might give him a little bit of pressure yeah not only that but Kale Millen was would be a legacy at Washington so man that's uh uh, it's kind of more of a really, really local story that might not get a ton of publicity, but I'm rooting for Dylan Morris. Absolutely, and you hit it. You hit it on the head when because, um, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Millen, when yeah. when they offered Dylan Morris, Millen was playing. Not he wasn't even playing quarterback. So and he he hadn't grown yet. And then all of a sudden, his junior year, he grows another four inches and becomes the prototypical quarterback. And like you said, they, they had already given Morris their offer. So, And a lot of people are really pissed off 
that Millen decided to go to Oregon, knowing that everybody his, listens it, to Softy. Well, I mean, anybody that listens to 950 and has to listen to Hugh Millen forever, you know, there's a lot of people calling for his head on Husky Honks. You know, they don't want him there anymore because his kid's a duck now. There's, you know, there's a lot of hatred between those two schools. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, he, uh, he, he, Hugh Millen was taking photos, making the O with his wife. And, and, you know, he has every right to because his kid is going to play football there. And I don't, I don't blame Hugh Millen for doing that. But a lot of people are pissed off and don't want him to be a part of the Husky program anymore. And and I don't blame them either. You know? uh, I do. Do you? I, I, I think that's ridiculous, yeah. He he can you can be a fan of uh you can be a fan of of Washington and if your son the reality is he wasn't offered by Washington. So what do you want him to do? On principle not go to another a rival school? school? But I, the second best school, man. It's oh, like this. Can you say that? Look at Alex Molden. He had to do that with his son. We have had Oregon legacies. You just you you gotta go where it's it's a great spot for you to be. Oregon's putting uh, quarterbacks into the NFL. Where would you rather him go? What do you mean they're putting quarterbacks into the NFL? When Joey Oregon? Joey Harrington, forty two <laughs> years ago. Okay, who was, like, the number three pick, like, three or four years ago? I don't know. Marcus Mariota? Oh, yeah. Guess and I, then I guess I, the Heisman winner. Is going to be a number one pick? I, yeah. Is he? Oh, yeah. Is he? He'll go. He'll I think, go I think if Easton has a, it has a uh, completion of... No, 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 no. You're not, li- I, I, you're not, uh, you're not interpreting it well, uh, correctly. He will be a first round pick, okay. not the number one pick. Uh, maybe. It, he'll de- be it, a, could, he'll be it completely one. depends on this upcoming year. He could. False. You could, you've seen it a hundred times, dude. Guys, no, come, I watched, guys come I back from Jake college. Walker do the same thing. You've watched guys come back for a senior year and, and. Not I. It happened to a Heisman winner at Oklahoma, Jason White. He wins the Heisman his junior year, comes back for his senior year, doesn't even get drafted the next year. You see it all the time. The difference, no, no, no. The difference is that there aren't six foot four guys with arms like him that he could have a putrid year, and someone will still take uh take an uh, take a flyer on him in the first round. Remember some of the guys that have been drafted, but in that's the first but round. that's not Oregon's doing. That's not Oregon's doing, but Oregon's putting quarterbacks into the NFL. That's why he chose it. Okay. I... Anyhow, <laughs> the one thing that I will say is I think it's ridiculous for people to hate on him because his son's going to Oregon. However, I think that the Oregon-Washington week, he should take the week off. I, I, I could get behind that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it would... It would be hard for me. I mean, we're both fathers of boys. And if my kid picked a different school, it would be hard for me not to be biased towards that school. Exactly. Now, now if my kid picked another school other than Washington, he wouldn't make it to that school. What do you mean? He, 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 I don't know if he, he would make it alive. <laughs> I would. Yeah, they didn't want me. Sorry. I would be so. I mean, I wouldn't be mad. I'd just be disappointed. Oh, that's even worse. That's the worst. You could go point at the kid who who's the preferred walk on in this class. The oh the Bellevue the Bellevue linebacker. Yeah. So that, that didn't take scholarship offers from UCLA in Colorado. UCLA. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> well, did you if you, if you read the story on that, he every time he went on a visit, his response, you know, he had positives of, you know, the school and then his negative was always well, it's not the UW. <laughs> so, I love it. You know, it's uh it's it's sorry, man. But, but, yeah, but we'll take him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and he, you know, the thing is, as guys leave early, people leave, 
if the kid plays, he's going to get a scholarship. It's, yeah. Plus, his family's from Bellevue. He he'll he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be able to pay for school. Is what you're saying? Yeah, he's not from Coopville. So. <laughs> uh, All right. So, what about? I'm gonna. This is what we're gonna do. I'm just gonna go through the list of recruits, and you're gonna tell me whether or not they burn their red shirt. Jacob Bandis. So, yes is burn, no is red shirt. Yep. Okay, yes. Dylan Morris. No. Josh Calvert. Yes. Julius Belo. <laughs> no. I agree with you. That dude is 6'8", 331. I know, but I still think that they're going to redshirt him. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I think that he's going to need to become a lot more athletic. De- develop. Troy, I think I Troy think Fox, oh, go ahead. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna see that for all of the offensive linemen. I totally agree with you. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Troy Fatani. Speaking of offensive linemen, no. <laughs> He's 6'4, 298, and he looks lean. Good <laughs> I lord. Know. Cam Williams? No. Corey Luciano, no one JC transfer? Uh no. Uh he might be the one that does get time. Yeah, because he's probably older. Yeah. Um, he at least and he's played a little bit of college ball. Yep. Uh, Mickey Ayu. Uh, that was tough. I'm gonna say no. I agree with you. Fatuatele. Mm, no, just because he's not enrolled yet. I'm going to say yes. Are you? Are you? Gonna, you think so? Him you and think, Bandis are going to play. Both, uh, both of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. tough with D tackles because we need that depth. So yeah. I I could go either way on that, but I'm going to say no. So you're saying okay. they're going to they're gonna burn his red shirt. I'm saying he's going to keep his red shirt. All right. Okay. Trent McDuffie. Burn. Oh, no way. I would say any other school in the nation – he would burn it, we, we're, we're losing depth, two corners. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we do have... Tyler to... Gordon hasn't seen the field. Yeah. You're um, right, Keith, Keith. Keith Taylor's Keith locked Taylor. down to number one yeah. already. So, I don't think he's going to see the field. And, and we have our and we have our nickel cornerback one more year. Yep. Yeah, you're right. No. Lay a two, law two? No. I agree with you. Puka. Yes. I agree with you. And I didn't when we first started talking about this. <laughs> Daniel the Hammer. Uh, he's tough. They're going to burn it. I think I agree with you. And part of that is I don't think DJ Beavers is going to be able to stay healthy. Yeah, that's that was exactly my reasoning. Yep. Cam Davis. Burn. I think I agree with you. He's either going to never see the field or he's going to burn his redshirt. Yeah. Uh, Asa Turner? He's going to redshirt. Oh, I disagree. We have so many safeties. It's the same thing that you just talked about corners. Who? Who's left, though? Julie Serving. Okay. Uh, and there's two other ones. I can't tell okay. you their names off the top of my head, but I know we have some safety depth. All right. Uh, I'm going to disagree. We only need two safeties. Uh, we kind of play a three safety set a lot of the time as well, though. Yeah, but a lot of the times they played the kid out of Marysville who was a corner. Oh, he became a safety. Yeah. Man, he was good. I, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm bummed that he had to uh, medically retire. I liked him a lot. I, I liked him a lot. Uh, Nathan Kalepto? <sighs> Kalepo? Um, I want to say... Yeah, I want to say that he'll see some the field, but I think they're going to redshirt him. I think the same thing as that other big tackle. I think that he just needs to be developed a little bit, but I think he also has the most upside out of any offensive lineman we got. Man. Yeah. He, uh, he was a big get Rainier beach kid. Yeah. I know you don't see a lot of football out of that school. Well, I, you, you didn't when I was in school, they're putting a lot of basketball when you were in school. Yeah. They're, they're starting to get more football talent there though. Yeah. Sam Paama? No. I agree. And I think... I think we're good. There, I, I can... We'll, we'll go through the rest of them. What? Uh, Cameron 
Fabi Suliana. No. Raymond. Braylon Trice. Um, no. He looks really small for an uh, outside guy. Yeah. Taj Davis. No. Noah Nagalu. No. Alfonso Tupalatala. <laughs> Tupatala. Uh, I put a couple too many. Uh, <laughs> you, you put a lot of L's too many in there. vowels in there. <laughs> uh, no. And then Tim Horn. Yes. Yeah, he, uh, he'll be he'll be our starting kicker day one, and actually, he is also a really good punter as well. Well, he's not taking the Aussie spot. No, but he is a really I'm good punter in in a pinch. Well, I mean, it happened last year. Race Porter ended up having to do a little bit of work for yeah. us. Yeah. So, so we know. almost agreed on all of them except for Tuatele and Turner. And McDuffie. Yep. Okay. Oh, you think Turner's going to play? Yep. Okay. The, man, we redshirt. We we are known for redshirting a lot of kids, man. I know. And and just thinking about that, I'm sure that we're wrong. Yeah, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna redshirt more people than what we said. You know, it's funny because I know for a fact that. Um, Chris Peterson listens to this podcast, and so he's probably going to text me later and tell me how stupid I am. I mean, that's cool though. He's never said that to me, so yeah. ob- obviously, obviously, there's a winner of this team. Let's just say, as Cheryl Crow once put, the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> uh, such yeah. a bad, such a bad quote. Oh come on, girl! <laughs> I nah, I never liked her. No, nobody did. My dad loved her. Of course he did. Of course he did. All right. Who's your sleeper? Who's your sleep sleep? Who's the guy that's going to end up being the gem of the class that we don't talk about? Uh, Nath, uh, Nate Kalepo. I think when it's all mm. said and done, that dude is going to be one heck of a tackle. He is a big, big boy, and he has a lot of talent. So I wanted to take the other the other guy, uh, Julius Abuelo. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of a, a cop-out because... I just took, took an offense. Offensive... Yeah, so I'm going to go with Cameron Williams. Um, super athletic. He's only a three-star, therefore I can consider him a sleeper. Yeah, and I also think my original pick was Mickey Ayu. Yeah. I think he has the potential to be really, really really good he's really strong he's already got college strength if he just gets stronger and a little bit quicker i think he could be a really good player as well all right now the question to end all questions uh-huh. is this the best recruiting class washington has ever put out on the field um on paper it looks like it is but um, it's it's hard to it's hard to say yes because everybody in this class is unproven. Um, yeah. You know, you could say I, right now I probably think the '88 class is the the class that brought UW a national championship. So you probably yeah. have to say them because they had, you know, Steve Entman, Lincoln Kennedy, Mark Brunel, Mario Bailey, Dave Hoffman, Jay Barry. Uh, I mean, that class was phenomenal. You know, um, I think the other one that you have to look at is the 97 class that won a Rose Bowl. And yeah. that, that's with Tui, uh, Pat Conniff. Um, uh, Warren Hooker, um, Larry Triplett. You know, th- those two, in my mind, because of what they did on the field right now are the best because they were proven and they won. But I think that this, this recruiting class has the potential to go better and do better than either one of those. And I think that our <laughs> D tackles 
could be Steve Entman-esque. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be better than him because he was the number one overall pick as a D-tackle, and that's really, really hard to do. But they could have the same effect for UW that Entman did and take us to that promised land. Man, I hope you're right. Um, I, I tend to agree with you. I That question is so hard to answer because they've literally, most of them haven't, most of them aren't even on the campus yet, right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't know, but based on what this coaching staff does when it comes to uh, developing players, you got to think that they're in really, really good shape to develop these guys into absolute stars. If really what's going to help this class be amazing is the class that's coming up in 2020. If you can get this class and pile it with what's coming, you have a national championship level uh, at every level of your, of your team um, with just the guys that are in state. Uh, I know I'm kind of meandering, so I'm going to get back into it. It's 9.30, so it's almost bedtime. Well, but, no, but, but I like that point, though, because let's, let's just tackle that a little bit before, before you start snoring on me. Um, <laughs> you, you bring in um, Sam Heward's kid next year. He's, he's two years. Two years, sorry. But next year you have the likes of the uh, five-star. Savelle Smalls. Yeah, Savelle Smalls out of Garfield. Yep. who is unreal talented. And you have a couple other five-star guys in state too, don't you, that are yes. heavy leans Washington ways? So if you can land those five-star guys and, and put them with these guys that we got this year, it has the potential to be this class could be known as one of the all-time greats when you pair it with the talent that you'll get next year. If you land the talent that you, you know, that's in your backyard, right? So uh, Savelle Smalls is one of the big. I mean, he's the big recruit out of Garfield, five star. That class is amazing. So just like the 15 class was the catalyst for this four years of of really really good football, this class is a whole nother uh, level of recruiting. Yeah. So if Washington can keep this up, this could be the start of something really special. So that's a long-winded answer of saying, no, I don't think it's the best class because it's hard to say when it's just on paper. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to prove it at some point, right? Right. You got to, you got to get all the pieces in and you got to plug them in with what you have. And then you got to plug them in with what you get next year and hope that they, you know, pan out. The best player in this recruiting class that we haven't mentioned is Skinny Eason. Yeah, I actually wanted to talk about that, too. I really do believe that those transfers should be considered. I don't think he should be considered under this recruiting class, but I do think he should be considered under last year's recruiting class because he was a five-star guy. And, yeah. you know, he has, he still has that talent. So he, you know, we got him into the program. He should be considered into either one of those recruiting classes, this year's or last year's. And dude absolutely shredded the Pac-12's best defense all year on scout team last year. And I can't wait to see what he does against the second through 12th best defense. Because our defense isn't (laughs) going anywhere. Nope. You know, they're going to stay on top. So... I I can't wait to see what what ball skills he has. I know the guy can rip it. Uh, Hugh Millen's known for saying that he's the third best arm talent in the world right now. The top two are in the yeah. NFL, and he's the third best. So go watch some of his highlights from when he was at Georgia. They uh, don't do it right before sleep, though. You'll get too jacked up. <laughs> the guy can play a little bit, man. He is. He is. He'll if he plays for two years, he'll go down as one of the Husky greats, for sure. So my worry is he's going to be here for a year and he's going to end up being a top five pick. But uh, if he does that, that means we had a very good year. Absolutely, 
if if he raises his completion percentage up a little bit and uh, he does what I think all of us think he can do, he's absolutely going in the top 10 picks next year. Dude, he just spent an entire year practice against the best defense on the West Coast. Learning from one of the best quarterback minds Washington's ever had. There you go. Hey, so quick question. Dude, I'm excited. Before yeah. before we go, do you happen to have the the overall who won this year? We haven't talked about that yet. Who won uh, the overall pickums? Yeah. We tied. No, we didn't. We did. <laughs> so you buy me a jersey of my choice and I buy you a jersey. No, of... we get we're getting the, the Washington Adidas jerseys. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, at the yeah. start of the year, we said it had to be a different team, didn't we? No. So we we bet on the champion of the Pac-12 South because ours were different. And, and neither one so of ours made in, it. No, mine won. Oh, yeah, you're I picked, right. I picked the Utes. I picked Arizona. Yep. So Thanks, I was Khalil Tate. Tate jersey. Yeah, yeah, I was going to buy you a Tate jersey. Um, I'm still waiting on my jersey. Um, and then for the uh, overall, we were going to do the uh, Washington's new Adidas jersey when they come out. Well, looks like we're buying each other like a new one. We're going to buy each other a jersey. <laughs> Deal. I can't yeah. believe we tied. Yeah, that means we're both really smart or we're both the equal amount of stupid. Were we over 500? Barely, but yes. Okay, then we're both incredibly smart. There you go. If we were baseball hitters, we'd be the best of Hall all of time. Hall of Famers, baby. We'd be the best of all time. Dude, Jackie <laughs> Robinson who? <laughs> all right, man. So, well, uh, thank Huskies fans for listening. This is going to be our last episode until we start to get things rolling again, probably in the summertime. We got some really fun stuff coming up for you guys. So, Spr- thanks for listening. It's been a blast. Thanks, guys. Go dogs.